If you have a Bible today, find the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter, uh, we're going to be in chapter number 1. And at least this is going to kind of serve for the starting place where we're headed this morning. Uh, Four-part series, and this is week number 4. We've been using the phrase, growing in Christ. Growing in Christ. We've been talking about spiritual growth. Talking about um, just hammering this idea that, man, we should not be staying the same. And that, it, and that if spiritually, if we are the same as we were a year ago, then something's not right here. And a year from now, we should be different. We should be more like Jesus. We should know more. We should be, we should be farther along in our spiritual journey than, than we are right now, okay? And the theme passage of Scripture that we've been using for this series, Colossians chapter 2, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. We've said that. We've, we've talked about this four weeks in a row, like the illustration here of a tree or something. Uh, the tree... The strength of a tree doesn't come by how big it grows up. It comes from how deep and how wide it grows down, right? And we understand that. And so for spiritual growth, uh, for us, going deeper in Jesus and, and growing down is actually a very significant, significant thing. It's the roots of the tree that brings water, that brings nu- nu- nutrients, that brings the strength and all of that. A tree can withstand the wind because of the roots, not because of the branches, okay? And so just understand that. Uh, and the result, as we go down deeper and deeper into Jesus, the result is, or the promise is, that our faith will be stronger and stronger. That's what the, uh, that's what the Bible says. So um, that's enough of an introduction. We're going to f- get rocking here into today. So stand with me all over this place, and we're just going to read this passage of Scripture together, uh, and then we'll jump into it, okay? This is Second Peter chapter 1, uh, starting with verse number 16. Here's what it says. It says, We were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were, when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. Because of that experience, we have greater confidence. Let's pray. God, we, we just take a deep breath and, and just sincerely welcome you into this very moment uh, and ask that you would that you would show us things from your very word, that you would speak to us, that you would teach us things and help us to grow. Uh, God, that is our desire, to know you better, to know you more. And so we just give this to you, God, in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. Let's go. All right, now, right away, you with me? I know we're still fired up and excited. Um, I had this beautiful introduction planned. It was a few minutes long, and uh, I chopped the entire thing last night. And so here's the 15-second introduction to where we're going. Are you ready? Seriously, that is very true. Okay, powerful God moments are very real. They are happening, and you can have an experience with God that has long-lasting impact uh, on your life. All right? Uh, And today, I feel God... 
um, leading me to challenge you to begin to ask for that. And to begin in a way to really set yourself up in ways to invite God to show up in a moment, a moment, a powerful moment that can like change things for your future, all right? Now, a moment ago, we read from a book of the Bible, uh, Second Peter is what it was called. Second Peter was written by... Peter, wow, okay, that's brilliant. A, mo- a lot of the Bible, you look at why are they called certain things, oftentimes it's who wrote it or who it was written to is how that typically works, okay? And so for a, just f- to help you, Matthew was written by, man, yeah, there you go, and Romans was written by Paul. Paul. Ah, that was a trick over there, I got you. All right, no, that's fantastic. Paul wrote it to Rome, see what I did there, but that's good, all right. Uh, but Peter... The, the reason that who wrote this is significant is because when you understand who Peter is, it kind of adds to his credibility. Uh, Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus, Peter walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, traveled with Jesus, he watched Jesus do miraculous things right in front, like he was an eyewitness to, to everything. Uh, and uh, he was there in gar- the Garden of Gethsemane when they arrested Jesus. He was there when Jesus was uh, being tried. Okay, you can see the list goes on and on. And that is, that is significant. And later on in his life, this is now years and years after Jesus is crucified, raised from the dead, Jesus uh, leaves earth. Years and years later, Peter uh, writes a few letters. First Peter and Second Peter is what they're called in our Bible. Letters to Christians to encourage them and to help them along with some different things. Uh, and at one point in this letter that we read about, he brings up this moment from his past, something that he experienced with Jesus. Uh, and he talks, and he talks about that. He writes this. We just read this, but like, let's with that in our in mind, let's think about this. He says, "We were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of the Lord Jesus." He's looking back, saying, "Like, we're not making it up that Jesus came." and that Jesus was here, and that all that stuff happened. We saw, we saw majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. The the voice of God said that to him. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven, Peter says, when we were with him on the holy mountain. And because of that experience, we, ha- we have even greater confidence in the message. Peter here is referring to something that he experienced with Jesus. Uh, uh, or, or as, yeah, as ver- like something that happened to him. Uh, and that thing that he experienced led Peter to have a greater confidence, or we could say a greater faith, in the message proclaimed by the prophets, which is actually the scripture before this is what that is. But what exactly is this experience that Peter's talking about? He's talking about an experience that biblically we know of as the transfiguration. Yeah, super weird word, okay? Not a word you throw around on your everyday life, right? Yeah, transfiguration. Yeah, me too, okay? No, 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 that's kind of weird. And we have that story of the transfiguration Um, in a few different places in the Bible. Let me show you one of them quickly. This is Mark chapter 9 now. So we're backing up. This was years and years later, and now we're we're showing you what he's actually talking about from his life. Uh, It's Mark 9, verse 2. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. Okay, Jesus takes these three disciples, Peter, James, and John, up 
this mountain. It's the four of them. And the story says that Jesus was transfigured. What in the world does that mean? Okay, we don't know, but it kind of tells us. Verse 3, his clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking to Jesus. Peter, James, and John go up this mountain with Jesus. Jesus, crazy stuff started happening. Jesus like turns super white and all of a sudden he's talking to Moses and Elijah. Okay, why is that weird? Because Moses and Elijah have been dead for a long, long time. Okay, if you, like this is weird. Uh, Understand what's, imagine being Peter, James, and John and you're seeing this crazy supernatural thing play out in front of you. Uh, Verse five, this is so fantastic. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He's talking about Jewish kind of building things, monuments for them. Uh, and, and I absolutely love that verse 6 was added to this story, which is written by Mark, by the way. See, we're on to something. Uh, it's, it says this, he did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Peter didn't know what to say, but he decided to say stuff anyway, is really what we have here. And let me just give you some advice. Um, if, you're ever, if you're ever in this situation personally, okay, if this ever happens to you, Jesus' clothes turn white and he starts talking to dead people in front of you, uh, like, if you're there, just don't say anything. Like, that's, that's what I would do, okay? Let me just give you that. And if you decide to say something, don't lead with, Jesus, it's good for us to be here. Just don't lead with that. Are you with me on that? Okay. Um, all of which leads to, um, Peter didn't know what to say. Okay, so craziness is happening. Peter, James, and John, they're, John, they're scared right in the middle of this. Um, and then verse number seven, then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud this is my son, whom I love, listen to him. Crazy experience, crazy moment in that Peter finds himself a part of, and it ends with a voice coming out of the clouds saying, this is my son, whom I love, okay? Uh, Listen to him. Uh, Obviously, God the Father speaking in that moment. So back to 2 Peter. We we read this a moment ago, and Peter Peter has been saying, God said this, and I, I saw it with my own eyes, and up on the mountain. And then he says, yeah, because of that experience, things changed for me. Uh, Or to read it like line by line, because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. Basically, because of that moment and because of what happened right there, I now have greater confidence in the Holy Scriptures and what they said uh, about predicting that this would one, that Jesus would one day come. Uh, Because of what, because of what happened, I have greater confidence Okay, uh, I mean, I, I heard God say it out loud. Can you, can you picture what's going on? Powerful moment here, Peter's faith is increased. Powerful moment, his faith is increased. And it seems to be the theme of a whole bunch of characters throughout the Bible, by the way. Uh, uh, Abraham, we'll, I'll just give you like shotgun or machine gun would be a better, uh, just through this right here. Abraham, powerful moment with God, way back thousands of years ago now. Jacob had this powerful moment with God in the Bible. God speaks to Moses through a burning bush, 
and it kind of changes the course of his future. That's quite a moment, would you agree? Okay, even if we skip over a whole bunch of people, Mary, the mother of Jesus, has a powerful moment. An angel showing up as a powerful moment, would you agree? Okay, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, has a moment in the street that changed the course of his life in that moment. Even Jesus seemed to have powerful moments in his life. I think of his baptism in the Jordan River, uh, and this dove shows up and is right there, and God speaks, okay? Um, After Jesus, the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, 120 Christians or disciples have have this incredible God moment. Uh, Like, I feel like we could go on with this forever. The point, though, is powerful God moments fill the pages of Scripture, they fill the pages of the Bible. And, and understand, I, I get this, it's easy to read stories like this from the Bible of all of these incredible God moments happening over and over and over again and just think, that's the Bible. That's, that's what happens in the Bible. Okay, That's different. These things may be real and may be true, and I even believe in them, but I'm not so sure that stuff like this is happening here today right now. Listen. And and here's just what I feel God has just kind of laid out for me this week. Um, I believe with everything that I am, uh, that powerful God moments are still happening right here, right now. I do. And and we're a church that believes in that. And we're a church that prays that way. And we're a church that, that talks about that kind of stuff. And I know they may not be happening in the same exact way. I mean, well, we'll just do a little poll here. Raise your hand if you ever had God talk to you out of a, a bush that was on fire. Go ahead, raise your hand, bush is on fire, God's, none of us, wow, I thought we'd at least have one. No, it may not play out in the same way as we see some of this stuff happening in the Bible, okay, but understand, like, I have moments throughout my life that that have been rooted in the Bible, that have been rooted in all this stuff, but powerful moments with God along the way that have really shaped me uh, into who I am spiritually, powerful God moments, and I believe these are still happening today, but here's the question that I would just bring to us. Are these things just random, or are there ways for us to set things up in a way that, uh, that, that seems to move God in our lives, if that's the right way to say it? Well, well clearly, a whole bunch of this stuff can feel super random, and uh, like, like, like there was nothing that the person did to move, I, I, to move God. I think of the Apostle Paul for a moment. Paul, before he has this God moment on the street, doesn't even, like, he hates Jesus. He doesn't like it at all. He's anti-Christian. This is a guy who has a God moment before he's even, you could say, saved or a Christian or whatever. And Jesus shows up to him in the middle of the street and this powerful moment with God changes the course of Paul's history and you and I's history as he wrote 13 plus books of our Bible. Okay, uh, that happens. And so you could, you could say, all right, that seems fairly random. There's nothing that Paul really did to, to, to have that happen to him. But there are specific patterns that we see in the Bible that point to some of these powerful moments. And that's what I want to show you here today because I'm telling you, we're, we're having this conversation about spiritual growth and I'm just here to say that there are moments with God, sincere, powerful, incredible moments with God that can move your faith forward in a moment. 
and you can look back and say, wow, I was never the same after that, all right? And so um, specific things that we see kind of tied to some of the powerful moments in the Bible, that's what we're gonna give, I'm gonna give you three of them, we're gonna rock through this quickly, uh, I promise. So try not to fall asleep, you'll be okay, take some notes, all right, here we go. Number one, um, number one, specific things, number one, I wrote three things together as number one, prayer, worship, fasting. Three different words, but they all kind of fit into the same type of category. We could, we could just say seeking the Lord if you wanted to make this a little bit even more churchy and just say that right there, seeking the Lord. Now let me give you two examples uh, from the Bible, both from the book of Acts, uh, of where, I, where we see this right here. Powerful moments being accompanied uh, or coming to people as they were praying, fasting, or worshiping, all right? Uh, the first one, Acts chapter 4, this is like a month or so after Jesus has left earth, we have all these brand new Christians and different things, and they don't really know what to do, but they've been told, uh, you know, let's just seek God together. And so here we go, Acts chapter 4, the believers gather together to pray and seek God, and here's what it says. Um, we have a piece of their prayer, is what I, what I want to read to you. They said, now Lord, consider their threats, because there's some persecution going on, and enable your servants, they're praying to speak your word with great boldness. They've gathered together and they're praying that. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servants. They're praying together that, that, that God would give them boldness in the midst of persecution to share what God has done in, through Jesus and, and that God would do miracles in their midst through them on the streets. Okay, this is their prayer. And now the very next verse, check this out, verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. It was shaken. What does that mean? A lot of scholars, I would say even most, believe the building like earthquaked after they prayed. That's uh, whatever, whatever you're talking about, that's, Weird and powerful in that moment. Would you agree? If we're praying and all of a sudden it's like, okay? And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Powerful moment on that group of people. Uh, God shows up in a very real way. What did it lead to? These believers speaking the word of God boldly even in the midst of persecution. Moved them forward in a moment as they had gathered together. Okay, prayer set the stage for a powerful God moment that brought boldness. Acts chapter 13. Okay, we have a similar situation. Believers have gathered together. Let me read this to you quickly. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them up. What's the backstory here of what's happening? Okay, this group of people is gathered together and they are worshiping God together and they are fasting, which means they are not eating for a kind of, for a season of intense seeking of God. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit speaks to them. What that looks like and what that looked in, in that situation, we don't know. Whether that was an audible thing that happened or, or through somebody or whatever, we don't, that's all the details we have right there. But the Holy Spirit speaks to them in the midst of their worship and their fasting and it changes the course of Paul's life and Barnabas as well. In that moment, powerful moment uh, accompanied by 
Okay, do you get that? Worship, fasting, prayer. You can see that as kind of setting this up. Uh, now, both of these examples are corporate in nature, gathering together. I don't see that the pattern that has to happen everywhere. Uh, but the basic idea here is quite simple, all right? This is, this is a great sentence. People experienced powerful moments with God in moments where they were seeking God. Yeah, it might not even be like the right, a, a good grammatical thing here, but I don't care. I liked the way it sounded, okay? People experienced powerful moments with God in moments where they were seeking God. Yeah, and that makes sense, doesn't it? When you are seeking God through prayer, fasting, worship, when you are moving in his direction, okay? Uh, in, in fact, the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So we have this idea of when we're moving in God's direction in this way, powerful moments seem to come, come with that, okay? And so for us here today, if you want to experience powerful moments with God, if you want this to be more than just coming to church on Sunday or whatever and going through the motions, if you want to experience God in a real and a powerful way, it starts with seeking God through prayer, worship, fasting. Now, now after Easter, a few weeks after Easter, we're going to spend a few weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at some different things, and so that's not going to be really a part of this right now. But, but like, understand, we believe in this church, in a very specific, uh, powerful moment with God, the Holy Spirit, called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that is for everybody, and that comes through asking and seeking, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit after Easter, okay? But this is where the conversation starts, and let's be a church family that is hungry and thirsty for the things of God, and let that drive us to our knees, that's the idea, okay? Let it drive us to our knees. Let it, let it fill our lips with praise and with worship and let us experience powerful moments that change our lives, okay? That's the first pattern. It has to do with prayer, fasting, worship right there, okay? And I see that in people who experience powerful God moments. Number two, number two, write this down. It's just the word obedience. Obedience, what do I mean by that? When God told someone in the Bible to do something, and they responded with obedience, powerful moments seem to follow, okay? Whatever that looks like. Let me give you one example from the Bible. Uh, briefly, we, we joked about Moses hearing God speak to him from a bush that's on fire. This is Exodus chapter three. It's an amazing, crazy story, okay? Uh, well, in that moment, God actually gives Moses some instructions, and he tells him to do something, and this would have sounded absolutely crazy to Moses when he heard this. It doesn't sound as crazy to us now because we know the story, all right? But God tells Moses out of this bush that is on fire, we don't know if that was audible maybe or just in his mind or whatever, but a bush is on fire and Moses hears God. Uh, God tells Moses to go to Egypt and confront Pharaoh, who most scholars think was the most powerful man in the world at this point in history, by the way, in the power, most powerful nation of Egypt. Moses is to confront Pharaoh and tell him to free his a million or so Hebrew slaves. That's the story. Uh, Exodus chapter 5, two chapters later, shows us Moses' obedience to what God told him to do. It just says, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness, okay? This is no joke, no joke to walk into Pharaoh's throne room and make a demand like this. This is, this is not like, 
But Moses responds to what God says to him with this radical obedience. What is the result? Moses, over the next whatever time frame, is going to experience supernatural moment after supernatural moment. It's going to come from the, the, the start of the time that he says, okay, yes, and he does what God asked him to do, all of a sudden, wham, bam, craziness happens, powerful moment after powerful moment in Moses' life and his experience right there, okay? And I could tell you story after story in the Bible like this, like understand powerful moments scripturally often come as the result of somebody's radical obedience to what God tells them to do. Uh, God tells you to do somebody, or tell, tells, tells you to do something, and they respond with obedience, and often radical obedience, and often God, powerful God moments follow that. Now, I have, I have all sorts of missionary friends uh, that are around the world right now in different ways, in different places. Um, you talk to missionary friends who are around the world, and you hear about God powerful, crazy moments that they have experienced. Why? Well, that's, that's why they're missionaries. No, 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 no. I believe God is responding to their radical obedience to leave this place and to do what God has asked them to do. Supernatural things, supernatural thing. Obedience often opens the door for powerful moments in our lives. Now, here's the kicker. Okay, let's overlap some of this. How do we know what God is asking us to do? How do we know this? I'll tell you how you begin to pray and you begin to read the Bible, okay? We're beating this thing over and over again. All of last week was on praying and reading the Bible for the most part, and now we're throwing it over and over into this right here. Like, don't miss the theme that continues to surface here in our conversation about spiritual growth. So much of this is overlapped and connected with, are, you, are we spending time, significant focused time with God? It's more than just coming to church here. And if you want to experience powerful moments, you begin to seek him and it begins to happen, but also you will begin to feel and hear God direct you in ways in, his, in your life. And this can be things that you're not doing that, that, don't, that don't line up with the Bible, things that you are doing that don't line up with the Bible, or God, in a, in a way, telling you and showing you to go do something. And when you respond with obedience to God, I'm telling you, powerful moments follow, follow that. All right. There we go, that's good. And number three, and this one didn't seem to fit in the same way, but uh, biblically, the third way that I see this in the Bible, that it, you experience powerful moments with God is through what we're going to call difficult circumstances. Wow, that was interesting, huh? Didn't see that one coming. But in the Bible, powerful God moments often came in the midst of situations that were not good. Okay, now think about this with me. Very simply, every single miracle or every single healing that Jesus did, there was a problem. You with me? You don't need to be healed if you're not broken. If something's not right. You need to have someone who's blind in order for there to be healing. You need to have someone who is dead in order for them to be raised back from the dead. Like, th just don't miss this. Let me show you this in one story, and okay, I'm going to just beat this here for two minutes, and then we're moving on, okay? But this is significant for some of us in this place, and I really believe this, so don't miss this. This is Mark chapter 5. 
It says this, a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her, heal her so she can live. This story that will eventually end in a miraculous moment that would forever change the course of this man's life, by the way, okay, it begins with a dad and a dying little girl. Think of the most heart-wrenching situation you can in the, in the world. You were talking about a dad and a little girl who's dying. That's what we have right here. But listen to me. Don't miss where, where we're going with this. If Jairus would have not had a dying daughter, he more than likely never would have experienced this moment with Jesus in this way. Would you agree? Not your head. Because like, I know you agree. If you were not sleeping, you agree. All right? That family's life is forever changed, and it came out of a nasty situation, a horrendous circumstance right there. Okay, so don't miss this. Don't miss this. Difficult circumstances are opportunities to experience powerful God moments in your life. And we see this all throughout the Bible, and, and you, might, you might be in the most difficult messy, nasty situation that you could ever imagine in this, in this moment right here. Whatever that looks like, okay? Like things that don't make sense. You, maybe you just feel like you're drowning right now. You're overwhelmed. The weight of the world is on, is on you and your family, okay? You're hurt. You're beat up. You're betrayed, okay? Whatever the list is, whatever. Listen to me. If that is you, I know you don't feel this, and I know you don't think this way right now, but if that is you, you are in an absolutely ideal position to experience a God moment in your life that could forever change your future. We nod and we say, yes, that's true. We, it's hard in the moment to think that. Would you agree? When everything is falling apart, it's hard to say, yes, rejoice in my suffering, like Paul said, or yeah, let's, there's joy in trials, as James says, okay, different things. That, 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 that is not, it's not natural, but understand this right here. Facing difficult circumstances is only half the part of experiencing God through them, because how you respond when difficult situations arise has everything to do with setting yourself up to experience God and to move your faith forward. How you respond, because, because every single one of us in this place, if you're not in a difficult season right now, you either just came out of one or you're going into one. That's the reality of the situation, and many of us, many Christians, many people in our, in our nation, in our world, are not growing, are not getting stronger through the bad stuff that happens to them because they're not responding in the right way. I'm, and I'm, I'm, today I'm just I'm asking you to respond by pouring out your heart to God. And again, let me just kind of kick this area one more time. I'm asking you to respond with prayer and with the word of God, and with seeking God like never before. The Bible says God is close to the brokenhearted, and I believe with everything that I am, God wants to use our junk to grow us. 
God wants to use our nasty stuff to strengthen us. God wants to use the worst things you could imagine in your life to draw us closer to him. And God moments and God experiences are hanging right there for us in those moments if we will learn to respond in that way. Now, like somebody here needs to hear that. Somebody today, you're in the middle of this and you know it and you can feel it. You feel the weight of that. Uh, And you need to be encouraged. Understand this, I'm not saying that your junk is going to go away. That's, that's not even really a biblical thing. Like, it may not get better. Your situation may get worse. Um, in fact, in the story of Jairus, we're not going to read this. Jairus comes to Jesus and says, my little girl is dying. Jesus doesn't even heal the girl until after she dies. Like, that's, that's the story here. Halfway along, halfway along, someone comes to Jairus and says, don't bother him anymore, she's dead. Sometimes our junk gets worse. Okay, understand that. Uh, this is not saying, like, you, you, your, situ- your situation may end in someone dying. That is the reality of, of what's happening here. But in the midst of that mess, we have a God that desires to work in ways that we could never imagine, if we will open ourselves up to that. Music team, will you please come? Okay, let's put this all together. We have Peter who says, I had this moment with Jesus that that experience changed things for me. We see scripturally that powerful moments with God seem to fill the pages of the Bible. People after people scripturally experience God in a powerful way and it set them, moved them forward and changed the course of their future. I believe with everything that I am that there are powerful moments with God that are right there for you and for me. Some of them just happen out of the blue. They don't make any sense and it's not explainable and God shows up and you're just like, where did that come from? Incredible, okay? But I'm telling you, it is also possible for us to, to really put ourselves in the right place to experience God. And we do that by seeking God like never before. And for some of us in this place, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know how many weeks we're gonna have to, to, to throw that in front of you. I can't develop a hunger in you for God. I, I can't make you want God in your life that has to come from inside where you finally just get to the point where you say, I don't want to be the same anymore. I'm fed up with this apathetic, complacent version of American Christianity that costs me nothing. There's got to be more to life than this. And we begin to hunger and thirst for the things of God in a different, in a different way. And we seek God through prayer, through getting into his word, through worship, through fasting. And we begin to see God and experience him through his very word as it begins to come alive in different ways. As we, but also just as God shows himself in ways that are unexpected. Okay, we also see God move in our lives. We see powerful moments when, 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 obedi- when we respond uh, to what he tells us to do with obedience. And we see that scripturally over and over. When you hear the word of God respond with obedience, God responds in obedience. And number three... All right, this is like, it's like I'm in speech class here and I've been taught to do a review. We're doing a review, okay? Number three, difficult circumstances, when they come and they will come. 
view those as an opportunity for growth. That doesn't make sense. That hurts. It's not right. If we, okay, view it as an opportunity for growth. And you have an opportunity to experience God in powerful, in powerful ways in the midst of your mess. Will you stand with me all over this place? God, we, we pray all together even right now that that supernatural, God-powerful moments would begin to fill our lives as we set ourselves up for that. God, that we would, that we would get so deep into your word that it would transform the way that we live and that obedience would just be a part of who we are. And that we would seek you and that we would pray and worship and fast and and God, truly just open ourselves up for you to move. That as we draw near to you, God, that, that you would respond by drawing near to us, like the Bible so clearly says. And God, that things would change in our lives, God. As we talk about spiritual growth, God, over and over and over, Lord, our goal is that we would just not stay the same. That we would not a year from now be in the same place that we are right now but God that we would know you more and that we would hear you better and that we would respond more to what you are saying and and God that we would be more committed and more sold out and sacrifice more and and serve better and God the list goes on and on we want more of you than we've ever had and God we understand that 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 we learn that that actually takes less of us as well and so, God, we, we just open our heart to you. And, Lord, even in this moment right here, I pray specifically for people who are in the midst of the most difficult situations and circumstances of their lives. Whatever that looks like and whatever that means, God. But in this moment, let us just be filled with this understanding that we have an opportunity to connect with you in ways like never before in the midst of our mess. And so God, I pray for growth. I pray for supernatural things to happen. I pray for moments with you to come to those who are in those messes. We pray for that, God. We we lift you, your name up and just want and just want what you have for us. And so God, we just give this to you every piece and every part. We love you. We need you. In your name we pray. Now, before we go, we're just about done, but uh, we always just want to give people a moment to respond to the message of Jesus, even for the first time. And and maybe you're here and you and you would just say, I I have never, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never responded to what he did on that cross for me and received the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness, all of that, okay? Uh, this isn't about whether you've been baptized or confirmed or, or like that. This is a heart thing between you and God. And maybe you're here today and you just would say, Pastor Kyle, today is my day. I want to make that commitment. If that's you, will you just show me your hand quickly? I just want, I just want to pray every eye closed here just a moment of privacy thank you thank you is there anybody else you can put your hand down anyone else that would just say yes this is this is my day today you can do this online as well there's a little spot for you to click a thing click a link or something and you can figure that out uh, but we we just want this to be a moment for somebody that needs that and so church can we just pray together everyone in this place let's just pray father god 
I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life in your name, I pray. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. We celebrate that together. If you, if you made that decision today, we want you to take a Connect card and just click a little, there's a little box you check, and we would love for you to put that in our uh, in a box. We just want to connect with you and help you along with that process. But uh, may you walk out the doors today with a different understanding of God and, and the Holy Spirit than you have ever had before. And may you experience Him in your life and in ways that move you forward. Thank you so much for coming today. Prayer tonight at 6 o'clock. You are dismissed.